Hi again everyone, welcome back to our next installment in the Holy Spirit series and today we're beginning uh, a couple of episodes on the symbols of the Holy Spirit and today we're looking first of all at the symbol of the dove. Now a symbol of course represents something that conveys an important truth uh, about that thing. And so there are several symbols of the Holy Spirit. There's the dove, there's oil, water, cloud, wind, fire, and and perhaps others. And we'll not be able to look at all those, but we want to home in on a couple of them that are very significant for our understanding of the Holy Spirit in the Old Old and New Testament. And first of all, we're looking at the dove. And of course, the first mention of the dove in the Bible is in the story of Noah and the flood. And you remember that Noah, after the 40 days and 40 nights of rain, he sent out a raven. um, And then he sent out a dove. And it says in the narrative that the dove found no place for her feet to rest. And it came back to the ark. And then he sent the dove out again. And the dove came back a second time with an olive leaf in its mouth. And of course... um, Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit also, particularly olive oil. So here's a double symbol of the Holy Spirit with the dove with an olive leaf in its mouth. And of course we know from 1 Samuel 16 that Samuel used um, olive oil in anointing the kings. And so this is a pattern right throughout the scripture. Um, But here we have the, the dove goes out a third time sent by Noah and and then it finds ground to rest on, to rest her feet. And uh, it's the new creation, of course, is the place where the dove rests its feet. And then we come to the New Testament and we see John the Baptist announcing the arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, on the scene. And he says, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it says that John saw the Holy Spirit coming down upon Jesus in the form of a dove and resting, or the word literally in the Greek is remaining, dwelling upon Jesus. He is the the new creation. He's bringing us into the new creation. Um, And it's interesting, isn't it, that, that, that at that moment, Jesus also received the anointing of the Holy Spirit at his baptism. So you've got these two symbols of the anointing oil of the Spirit coming upon him, unctionizing him for his ministry but we also see the spirit coming in the form of a dove and of course when Peter was preaching the gospel in Cornelius's house in Acts chapter 10 38 he describes how Jesus was anointed by God Jesus of Nazareth anointed with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were um, oppressed by the devil because God was with him And that's describing Isaiah 61, the mandate of Messiah, the mission statement of what Messiah would come to do. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to preach glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to to, uh, uh, set at liberty the captive, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. All the symbolism of anointing, and of course coupled with the dove remaining, resting upon Jesus who would bring the new creation into being. Of course, in the Old Testament, the dove was also a sin offering for for poor people. If they couldn't afford a lamb, they were permitted to bring 
a dove. And of course, we see in Luke chapter 2 that this was the offering that um, Joseph and Mary brought after the birth of Jesus. So there is the sin offering that's also a picture of the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what the, the dove symbolizes. And because of the reconciliation that we have with God through the blood of the cross, because we were brought peace with God through the blood of the cross and uh, the division between not only God and man is broken down, but the division between Jew and Gentile are united in the sacrifice of the cross. The dove speaks of the heavenly peace that, that we as believers receive because of Calvary. And so there's wonderful pictures in the symbol of the dove. But let's look at, at the symbolism of the Holy Spirit now and the similar characteristics that there are in the natural with the spiritual. The natural characteristics of a dove with the spiritual characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Of course, a dove is white and that speaks of purity. And the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He is holy. And our God is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. Of course, a dove in the natural is a very affectionate animal. And um, uh, we see that in the natural, a dove will stroke its young. It will coo softly. And the Holy Spirit brings comfort and encouragement uh, and the bond of love into the church of Jesus. Um, the dove is in the natural gentle. It never retaliates. Uh, and in fact, I'm led to believe that a dove doesn't have a gallbladder, so there, there's no bitterness in a dove. And uh, even when a, a, a dove's young is attacked by maybe a bird of prey, um, it, it doesn't defend its young, but rather it cries out in distress. Um, and of course, what a, what a picture of Romans chapter 8, where Paul says that sometimes we as believers don't know how to pray, but there's an intercession that takes place through the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives where we pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings too deep for words, just like the dove cries out in distress for its young. Also in the natural, a dove is very easily spooked um, by, by any disturbance. And uh, you could see that a dove might return to a certain place um, and, and start to rest there. But if it's disturbed in that place, it might return a couple of times, but normally... The third time, whenever it's startled, it will not return again. We know from Ephesians 4 and verse 30, and we've looked at this statement before, that the Holy Spirit is grieved in our lives whenever there is sin or, or disturbance of that kind. The word grieved could be translated vexed or offended. And just as the, the, the natural dove is easily spooked, the Holy Spirit will remove his influence in our lives, not his presence, but his heavy influence in our lives um, whenever there's sin or that type of disturbance there. Pigeons are in the same family as the dove. 
But of course, a pigeon is of a very different temperament to a dove. I don't know whether you've ever visited London, and in particular Trafalgar Square, but you'll see many, many pigeons there, people feeding the pigeons. But pigeons are, are very brash and boisterous creatures. And they're certainly not spooked like much the way a dove would be. Can I suggest to you that sometimes we as Christians and in the church can accept what we think is the Holy Spirit, but often it's a poor substitute. It may be just fleshly exuberance, um, some counterfeit, but, but without the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be very careful there. As R.T. Kendall put it well in his book, uh, we ought not to accept pigeon religion rather than the the faith of the power of the Holy Spirit, genuinely the Holy Spirit, rather than a counterfeit. Let me point out some other similarities between the dove and the Holy Spirit that others have seen. Um, each wing on a dove, I'm led to believe, has nine main feathers. Both wings, nine main feathers. And of course, when we, we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll be studying this in some detail in, in later um, episodes, but there are nine main gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not interesting. And so the dove flies with these nine feathers on each wing. And we as the church and as believers, we will soar to heavenly realms through the use of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But also, um, it's intriguing to know that the tail of, of a dove has, again I'm told, five main tail feathers. And of course in Ephesians 4.11 we're, we're told that the church has um, five main people gifts. Um, the fivefold gifts of Christ to the church. The nine gifts of the Spirit are Holy Spirit abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to believers in the church. But the fivefold gifts of Christ to the church are ministry gifts. Apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher. And just like the tail feathers are a kind of rudder to, to the flight of the dove, so the, the five body ministry gifts um, to the church bring balance and a certain equilibrium of flight to the church of Jesus. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? And uh, another interesting difference between the wings of a dove and the wings of other birds, perhaps, are the wings of other birds point uh, downward toward the tail, whereas the wings of a dove point upward uh, toward the head. Wow. And, and the Holy Spirit, he is always pointing towards the head of the church, Jesus Christ. The Spirit does not testify of himself, but he glorifies the head, which is Jesus. That's amazing. Let me just point something else to you as I wrap this up here today as we think of the dove. In Matthew 21, we have this well-known story of Jesus at the end of his ministry um, cleansing the temple. And we believe that he did this probably as well at the start 
um, of his ministry according to the chronology. But we, here we have him at the end of his ministry. And it says in Matthew 21, verse 12 and 13, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers uh, and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now I want you to travel there with me in your mind's eye to the temple and all those sellers of uh, livestock for sacrifices. But there amongst them there is the seller of doves. And could it be, it's probably the case, that those doves were contained in cages. Otherwise they would have flown away and they were probably brittle wooden cages. And so I know I'm surmising here a little bit, but I think it's probable. That as the Lord Jesus drove the sellers and the money changers and the sellers of doves from that vicinity of the temple and as he upended the tables it's likely that these cages these brittle wooden cages containing the doves would have fallen to the ground and smashed as they hit the floor just broken pieces and so what we think happened was that the the temple would have been filled with flying doves wow What a lesson for us here because it is religious systems, strict legalism, man-made forms that, that confine and restrict the movement of the Holy Spirit. Now think about that for a moment. And Where the Spirit of the Lord is, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, there is freedom. The Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So here you see the Lord Jesus coming in and he's going to bring in the new covenant very soon uh, by his death on the cross and his resurrection, the shedding of his blood as the sacrifice, the sin offering. But here he is, he's cleansing the temple. He's driving out man's influence But he's also breaking the power of the restrictions upon the Holy Spirit in his temple. And so the the temple is being filled with flying doves. (laughs) I want you to see what happens when the temple of the Holy Spirit is purged of human control, manipulation, witchcraft. When it is purged of greed, the love of money lasciviousness when it is purged of uncleanness immorality and lust when it is purged of fear ungodly fear in fact the result is actually seen in this story of Jesus cleansing the temple because if you just go to the next verse after Jesus said my house shall be a house of prayer but you have made it a a den of thieves verse 14 Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The result of the restrictions being broken off the spirit and the doves flying throughout the whole vicinity of the temple, 
the result was that the, the lame and the blind and the crippled and the broken came to Jesus and were healed. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit is given his way in the temple. In our temples, because Paul says our bodies now are the temples of the Holy Spirit, but we as living stones, of course, make up the temple which is the church today. And oh, to God that we would remove the restrictions that we have put, even in certain Pentecostal charismatic circles that celebrate the, the, the Holy Spirit and his ministry and his gifts. There are restrictions there very often. And we are not allowing the Spirit to be Lord. He is Lord. The Lord is that Spirit. And where the, that Spirit is, there must be freedom there must be liberty. Listen, the Holy Spirit must be allowed to be Lord in the church to bring glory to the one sole head of the church, which is, is, is no particular position of, of a leader, humanly speaking, but the head of the church is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I wonder what has got in the way. I wonder what restrictions in your tradition or mine or in my life. What man-made, self-made things there are. That are getting in the way and hindering. The freedom for the Holy Spirit to work. And I challenge you, let the Holy Spirit, let Jesus break those bounds. And see the miraculous things. The works of power that will be done for Jesus' glory when the Holy Spirit has given us freedom. So let that dove descend upon your life and rest, remain upon you as the dove did upon Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit abide, dwell. So stop quenching him. Put sin away from your life. Repent of that. Stop trying to control the Holy Spirit according to your expectations and your prejudices and your tastes and your preferences. But let him have his way. Maybe say like William Cowper, O holy dove, return. Sweet messenger of rest. I hate the sins that made thee mourn and drove thee from my breast. We're not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit if you've sinned or anything like that, but we are saying that for him to have his complete influence upon your life that God wants him to have, you need to repent, you need to empty yourself of self, and you need to come to the cross and say, cleanse me and Holy Spirit, fill me that I might be a temple a vehicle to bring glory to your name and the kingdom of God to this world Father we just pray that the Holy Spirit that you sent upon Jesus and the Holy Spirit that came upon and into your church on the day of Pentecost that that same Holy Spirit with dove-like character would come into my life, into our lives and into our church in these days. For, oh, we need 
the Holy Spirit. Forgive us for grieving you, Holy Spirit. Forgiving us for forgive us for restricting you and quenching you. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you next time as we look at another symbol of the Holy Spirit.